hello, and welcome to episode 174 of Soundwave. I'm your host, Matt, joins with co-host Carlos. Yeah, I'm here. We're here in the studio. Summer's upon us. It's June now, officially. Woohoo! Yeah, it's a very nice day here today. That, yeah, beautiful. Yard work has been done around my parents' pool and stuff for the past weekend. So. I'm kind of bummed I actually don't have any yard work to do today. It's such a nice day. Yeah, just to, to force yourself outside into the yeah. nice weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm just getting ready to go to Bonnaroo now. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. But yeah, You're welcome like, to Soundwave. Yeah. Yesterday, my excuse to go outside was I'm gonna make my he- mojitos. I'm gonna drink them <laughs> outside, and that was how I got myself outside. Nice. Uh, so I had two mojitos. Oh, that mojito we had on that last show we recorded was really good. We should have done that again today. Should have done that. <laughs> uh, how have you been, man? Now that you graduated, find a job yet? I have not found a job yet. But uh, let's see. I got a new car. I don't know. Did we talk about that? No, you were in the midst of getting a new car. Yeah. So I've been driving around. Uh, it has like a few weird issues, but like it's a 2004. Mm-hmm. So I, I moved forward nine years. When I <laughs> you moved forward nine years. Nice. Uh, it still has a shit ton of miles on it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like 185. Okay. 180. Yeah, yeah. I probably... One... one I don't know. It was, it's in that range. Has it had anything fixed on it since then, or you didn't uh, tell you yet? I don't remember, like, I, I had talked about, like, some of the stuff, and the thing is, like, it was uh, Jordan's car, and yep. I wasn't talking to Jordan, I, even if I was talking to Jordan. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how much information I'd get from him about Yeah, he car, does live in car. Cambridge right now, so... And he hadn't driven the car for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah, there, there's bound to be some hiccups There's, like, there, a weird but... thing, like, where, uh, like, when I was picking Casey up from the airport, like, the uh, it was just blowing air, and it wasn't giving the AC. <laughs> So that was weird, but like uh, I found out today because I was doing that same thing. It was not very th- often I was doing it, but like today I found out. Oh, if I just turn it off and turn it back on again, it it'll start. It starts like, working again. Well, of course. Why didn't I even <laughs> think of that? <laughs> well, at least that's still a million times better than what you were dealing with. Didn't you have to deal with like heat twenty four seven in yours? No, I would change it over to uh, change the fuse. Oh, I had to change the fuse to change the settings. So whenever the season changed, you just change the fuse. And it would always be blowing air. So like, I don't have to have the music as loud inside the car to (laughs) hear it over the. That's nice. (laughs) Hear it over the air. So. But yeah, that's cool that you got a new car. Uh, Any movies? Any music? Anything new? No. Did not see any movies. I there's all these movies I want to see. No, I I was looking at the list in the theaters, and I'm like, oh, I want to see a bunch of those. I just I don't really want to have to go anywhere for Mm -hmm. movies, but like. John Wick three, maybe I should do that oh, tomorrow. It's so much fun. It's so John Wick three. Oh, I yeah. The from the beginning of that movie all the way to the end, like it's so absurdly amazing. Like I was, I was laughing so hard throughout the whole thing about just how absurd all the freaking like moves and everything were. It was beautiful. It was so great. One hundred percent endorsed that movie. Oh, yeah. It first one was amazing. Second one was pretty good, entertaining to watch. And the third one, I think, picked back up on the first one, and like you still have that oof. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Watching like the second it. one, kind of expanded on the lore of yep, the world yep. and everything like that's what they did for that one and like, i guess the, so the third one like is they have established the lore basically for yep. the most part so now they're just back into it yeah. uh i forgot that the at the end of the second one they close it out with like sorry john wick you only have this amount of time so they started exactly right where that one left off and you're like oof, oof, oof. so it's like heartbeat going the entire freaking time <laughs> it's yeah. like there's all these people who are like oh yeah yeah, yeah i think like 50 like, of the pi- world's population i'm pretty works sure for it's the like the first 10 minutes are are him just preparing for this battle that you're gonna have for two and a half hours basically and uh yeah <laughs> once once he leaves the doctor's office it's just non-stop the whole freaking time and like it's half so the good. members of the world are just card carrying members of this yep, yep. criminal syndicate and uh i was i was a little nervous about Halle berry just because i'm like oh, she, she's kind of walked i don't care but no yeah totally so she's she's badass in it for sure and uh angelica houston blew it away for me too i love angelica houston a lot 
but yeah, when you see it, we'll have to talk about yeah. it because it was a lot of fun. Uh, and you see Aladdin still? I don't want to see Aladdin. I, I, I got to because it's my childhood. I've like, heard I've heard a lot of mixed reviews and a lot of negatives as well, but uh, they said they were still entertained. But it, yeah. So I knew for the second Aladdin movie that they had uh, changed the voice of the genie, but I did not know they changed it to Homer Simpson. Oh really? That, yeah, that was uh, the voice. You're talking about when the sequel came out? Or yeah, whatever? and like Robin Williams did not sign on. Wow, I don't remember that. No, no, that was a big deal because uh, it was a. Uh, they, he didn't want to be used for marketing and stuff like uh, that. Okay, okay. And it was like Disney, so like, well, they uh, went back on their word. I've heard that the genie's not the worst part about it, actually, because Will Smith does his own genie. Uh, but the worst part about it is all these actors have never acted before, and you can actually tell when you're watching it. Like, they just found all these people and threw like, them in were, did they pull? Did they grab them by like seeing that talent or something? Maybe, yeah. I don't know for sure how they grabbed them, but that's the first thing I've heard from people seeing it is that you can tell that they've never really acted before. Uh, last yesterday on a Department of Defense, I was asking, does anybody know who plays Iago? Iago, Iago. Yeah. Uh, because it used to be Gilbert Gottfried, and I looked it up. It's Stan. Uh, what's his name? Stanley Tudyk, the guy. Oh, I. You see, I was thinking like it's like I thought it was like Stanley Tudyk, but I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah, yeah. So I looked it up, and uh, it's him. So I'm excited about that. He's great. I got that's like actually one of the reasons I got to watch that. Like, there's the DC show like of like weird superheroes like on their like streaming service. Uh, Doom Patrol. Oh, okay. Which is supposed to be absolutely amazing. And he's in there. He plays the bad guy. Oh, and okay. Like, I've seen like clips of him playing the bad guy. It's fucking great. <laughs> oh my god, he's more, he is a great character actor, and he's just a great actor in general. Like the like I saw like a clip of from the very last episode apparently, where like he's just in like this white space, and like because apparently like he's he's some sort of weird thing. Like he has like this meta knowledge. Like he knows that it's all like a story, but he still wants to kill a Doom Patrol. <laughs> But so like he has and like he's like reading a paper about like how the ending of the Doom Patrol like wasn't great. It's like, right. well, what is this? <laughs> he's, while well, he's sitting on like a can like a uh, on a toilet in the middle of like a white void. Oh, okay. Or then like blowing like a uh, party things like. A, <laughs> I'll have to. Yeah, so that's on DC's he's, network. He's or a whatever. great actor. DC's network, right? Yeah, that's on DC's network, which I do not want to pay for. No, and they're also bringing out Swamp Thing. I watched the trailer for that. It looks it looks like an interesting. Yeah, like oh, let's take it out horror. Like I don't know. Like Swamp Thing is apparently like a really cool. And they have a huge comics. cult following for that as well. So Swamp Thing was actually the origin of uh, John Constantine. That's where he first showed up. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'd, I'd like them to continue some Constantine movies. I, I really like that one with Keanu actually. Yeah, and like the TV show was fun, and then like they, right. they did weird stuff. That's right, I forgot about that. They uh, didn't handle it right. We right are away. in a Keanuessance right now, so yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think Keanu Reeves should return us. Constantine. No, no. Uh, did you watch any Good Omens yet? I just watched that one. I have not yet. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I watched the first two episodes. Casey said he watched the first three, and he agrees as well. Uh, it's silly. It's out there. It's absolutely amazing. I love. Uh, I think it's Michael. Sh- is Mike? What's his name? Uh, not Doctor Who, David Tennant, but the other guy, uh, Michael Shannon. Sheen. Michael Sheen. Sheen. Michael Sheen. I think oh, yeah. that's his name. Yeah, both of them together. It's quite hilarious. And uh, Francis McNorman plays the voice of God, so that's also pretty great as well. And, like I, uh, I walked in just as like it was showing like a. It was like having this little explaining, like how uh, for like centuries people tried to figure out how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Ooh, I haven't, I haven't gotten to that part yet. And then like it turns out that it's like I, I, it's been a long time since I read the book, so this could probably have been taken right from the book. 
It was like, well, it turns out that the answer is none because angels do not dance. <laughs> but oh. then, and then, like, it has an excess. It's like showing people dancing in like black and white. But then it turns, as it zooms out, you see the angel, dance, the one angel is like, well, with one exception. Yeah, because of course. So yeah, if you if you thought that was funny, then uh, yeah, I'd definitely watch that show yeah, it's because been a it's long slapstick. Time it's great. Yeah, Casey said he read the book, and uh, it's basically one hundred percent true to the book he said. So yeah. that's pretty cool as well. Which is great. Which is that's probably because Neil Gaiman had such a heavy hand, right? And being able to make a series out of it, you can dive deeper into certain things. Because so. it's like it was a really uh, really important book to him and Terry Pratchett. Was it? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I, I recognized his name when I saw it pop up there, so I looked and yeah. But uh, yeah. Otherwise, what else have I been up to? Movies, 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 music, music. Uh, I'm going to Bonnaroo. Uh, I will be at Bonnaroo when you guys get this on the air. And uh, we will be skipping the next episode because I won't get back to the following Monday and blah, blah, blah. So we'll have four weeks in between. Uh, but yeah. Is that how we are following time-wise? Like, I, I don't have no, I actually have no idea how long you're gone. Don't worry. It, it, it all, I'm sure makes, it all sense makes sense in my head. Right. <laughs> in my head, anyway, it does, <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, music-wise, what have you been listening to, bud? Uh, I haven't been listening to a whole lot. Uh, I've been listening to more podcasts recently, but I did finally get around to listening to Castles from Lissy, which dropped last year. And it turns out that I have heard every single one of these songs on the radio. On the radio? Yeah. Hmm. Every single one of these have like been played on the current. Because hmm. there was like not... I didn't recognize There might have been one, one played. single one that I heard. I was like, well, that one, I'm not entirely sure if I heard it. Oh, well, no, yeah, I heard that one. I had, yeah, on my computer, I have, when did that one come out? Uh, I have their Back to Forever album on my computer here, but I don't know what year it came out. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really, I haven't really kept up with her since that one. So what do you think of this one? Yeah, I really enjoyed the album. Uh, the only thing is like some, some of the songs kind of do like blend together a little bit, but there's like, but that's only some of the songs, not all of them. And they're all pretty solid songs. So let's start off with the first one is Blood and Muscle off that album. Like off that album, like the ones that gotten the most play has been Castles, the title song, uh, Best Days, which you had to have heard that one. Probably. And then uh, Blood and Muscle. And then uh, Meet Me in the Mystery was like one was like, uh, like I was getting to the end of the album because like I was, I had, like when I was listening to, like, I was like, keeping an eye on like the tracks as they're going by, I was like, that entire first half, 
I've heard all of these before, so maybe it's like maybe the other side I haven't heard as much. It's like, no, I've heard this. I heard the very last song. Start hearing this, like, you know, I don't think I've heard this one. Like, oh, wait, never mind. I have. <laughs> so, no, yeah, that that album that I have on my computer, I freaking love by her, and I just she's blown past my radar. Yeah, so here's the uh, next one. Meet me in the mystery. Yeah, it was a very solid album that had been sitting in my library for six months because I was playing because it was like 2008. So I was trying to get all like trying to listen to as many albums as I could mm-hmm. before uh, our New York, New Year's episode. And oh, right, I right. missed this one somehow. Like oh, I, okay. I had purchased it for like a previous month and like like I somehow didn't listen to it for an episode. So then I just slowly like got slipped further and further <laughs> back from my list. And like I may, I would periodically make a note. Hey, I need to listen to the if I ever need a, a spot. Like, I should listen to this one. I finally got around to it. Nice. Hell yeah. So, yeah. I'm happy you shared that one with me because, yeah, she has been off my radar for quite some time. I think that was like Bonnaroo 2011 or 12 that I saw her there. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. Um, let's see. I think on the 24th of May, I went to go see this man at the Cedar Cultural Center. Uh, his name is Terry Reed. Uh, very rare that he tours anywhere. And the last time he was in Minneapolis was 1968 on the Rolling Stones' first headlining tour of the U.S. Uh, and he opened for them at that time with Cream as well, I think, on the docket as well. But uh, he, the the legend goes that he was supposed to be the lead singer of Led Zeppelin and uh, turned it down because he wanted to go tour with the Stones. And also he's like, here, go check out this Roger Daltrey guy. Uh, so blah, 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 come to now. He's not really known. The only reason I found out about this guy was about 2006, I think, is when The Devil's Rejects came out, the Rob Zombie film, and uh, kind of been hooked to him ever since that came out. He uses three of the songs in there. One of the most iconic ones is when they're all partying in the house, and it's like a nice slow song. Uh, the cops all come and raid the house and get Sherry Moon Zombie getting out of the bathtub. I think it's To Be Treated Right is being played at that time. Uh, but ever since then, I've downloaded everything he has. He only has like three or four albums. Uh, but uh, I'll start with one of those songs that he sang at the show, and it was called Faith to Arise, which was also used in The Devil's Rejects.
But yeah, it was probably one of the coolest shows I've ever seen. He played for three hours straight. It was just him on stage with three different guitars, two acoustics and one electric, I think it was. And uh, basically, in between songs, he'd just tell a freaking awesome story at the show. Uh, one of them was basically he was hanging out in his hotel room on tour with the Stones, and Janis Joplin comes walking into his room. He's like, Terry, what do you think of this song that Chris Christopherson just gave me? It's called uh, Bobby McGee. And she, he just fucking plays it for him while sitting in their <laughs> hotel room together. And he's like 15 or 16 years old, one of the first people ever to hear me and Bobby McGee. And she's like, I don't know if it's really something I should play. And he's like, you gotta, you got to release this one, Janis. Uh, he had stories like that. What else did he have? He lived on the Allman Brothers Ranch back in the 70s or whatever. <laughs> Fuck, he was talking about just what the girls would do in the front stage when he was 15 years old. As You wouldn't even believe it. Uh, then uh, he was also talking about the ro- at the end of the Rolling Stones tour in 68, I think it was, or 69, uh, he got invited to go play that Hell's Angels show where the riots broke out and somebody oh, yeah. got stabbed in the audience. I was just reading about that again yeah. today. So Keith comes knock. He said Keith came knocking up on his door or whatever. He's like, well, there's, there's this free gig over in this one area, and I don't know if you want to play it. It won't get paid, but we'll pay for your expense to get there. And uh, he's like, no, I really want to go back home to England, go see my parents and everything, because 15 years old, being on the road for a year, you know? Uh, so, yeah, he's thanks God he didn't actually go to that show. And, like... Uh, can't remember who played the night before. I think it was Crabby Stills, Nash, and Young, and he, they both told, him, "Yeah, don't go, don't go play that show." They were throwing shit at us on stage, and it was just terrible. So yeah, that's what you get when you give Hell's Angels a bunch of acid, some stabbing at some concerts and stuff. Uh, but his first album that he actually released came out in '69, and mostly it's all covers that are on there. But uh, there's two that stick out to me a lot, and it's "Stay with Me, Baby." favorite stories he had there was uh he tried to go see the Beatles with one of his best friends uh and they stole a car wherever he lived at the time and he was like 13 or 14 and they drove down to Liverpool to go try and see him at a bar but they weren't allowed to get in there so he said and then years later I ran into Paul McCartney and Paul's just like no you should have just got a hold of me and so, <laughs> so yeah he didn't actually get to see the Beatles in Liverpool back in the day uh, but yeah, so he like he has like all these connections. To oh my god, people. it's amazing! He just started naming this one guy. Uh, who's the guy that sings "Addicted to Love"? Robert, I think it's Robert Palmer. Might that, be. I think that's his name. Him, Robert Palmer, and this other punk guy. I can't remember what his name was. He did a cover of his song at the show. But he said that uh, he went to go see Otis Redding at some tiny club in England one time, and there was a whole bunch of skinheads that came walking up and wouldn't go sit down in their seats. So his one friend over there started beating the shit out of these skinheads till they were bloody and puff. Robert Palmer's got blood all over his nice white down button down and everything. <laughs> the ushers and security come up and say, like, I don't know, they just started a fight up there, and Robert's shirt's all dirty. Uh, God, it was nonstop. <laughs> For three hours, him just like whipping out all these things, and... Uh, 
Yeah, by the end of the show, there had to be like 45 people in the audience. Like everybody kind of shifted out because three hours was a long time to sit for this. But yeah, it was just him on stage. And then uh, he got a standing ovation at the end from all of us. And as he was walking out, he didn't play one of my favorite songs. And I'm just like, to be treated right. And then he's like, he had this weird shocked look on his face. Like, oh yeah, that one. And like turned around and started <laughs> just playing that one. I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but yeah, I'll play one more from him. Uh, Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace from the the 69 album as well. play for hours playing him but he's better he's got to write a book he even talked yeah he knew aretha franklin or producer really well i could go on forever about this guy it was so freaking cool uh but let's go on to the music news all right we got a few things here a few things let's see here boom there we go uh, Governor's Ball 2019 took place in New York City this past weekend, but due to forecasted thunderstorm, gates for the final day show were delayed until 6.30 p.m. As a result, Charlie XCX, Soccer Mommy, and SOBR were cut. Weird rap names. Uh, but around 9.30 p.m., Governor's Ball announced that they had to do an immediate evacuation due to approaching severe weather. Uh, please proceed to the nearest exit. Uh, so the Strokes and SZA, the headlining acts, did not get to uh, play that Sunday night. Uh, there will be a refund coming out soon to all the ticket holders. Pretty cool. Um, Apple is reportedly killing off iTunes and planning to break it into new separate music, movies, and podcast apps. Uh, Bloomberg reported that the music app will allow uh, iPhone and other iOS devices to s- sync manually for their devices. Uh, I personally am bummed about that. I know you hate iTunes with a passion. Well, like, they already took away my ability to read books on anything that's not an Apple product. Yeah. They took that away. Like, so I had books that were bought, purchased with on iTunes that I just cannot read. And then, yeah, I, I have an iPhone, and I can't really read any of my Kindle books or anything like that. Because Which is weird that they don't allow... Like, there's a Kindle app on fucking everything. Yeah, but you can't, like, buy the things on the Kindle? Yeah, I don't fucking understand it at all. Yeah, uh, they, they don't like to anybody to make purchases with their apps. The reason I am sad about this is because I was attracted to iTunes because I am a music hoarder, and it have been for the past 15 years. So having a, I, a iTunes library of about 36,000 songs... Uh, it's the easiest one to organize that many songs. I tried so many back in the day trying like, to do all that. What I figure is like iTunes is gonna be only the music one. So like you're like I don't think there's gonna be cha- anything like I don't think like there's anything changing that way. Mm-hmm. But like anybody who uses podcasts, like actually like I actually dislike the p- way that iTunes handles podcasts. Yeah, I do it's, too a lot. Yeah, because like I hop on there for like uh like a, every once in a while I like, hop on Loveless Mix. All right, so like how do I when I have to upload a video mm-hmm. episode? It's like. All right, do, how do I have to do the subtitle or stuff like that? Yeah, and I'm yeah. looking at that stuff, and it's like, 
it's all like the newest ones first and that's mm-hmm. like that's it's a pod like I, I need to like be able to have like more control over sorting at least i know i'll have probably at least five to six years with my old item if they do change it drastically and i can't you, they got to make it so you can still import all your stuff into their new app but uh, luckily, before it goes obsolete, I can still keep using my iTunes library for the foreseeable future at the <laughs> moment. But uh, yeah, more information is supposed to be released today uh, at their uh, developers uh, conference or well, something. Well, depending on but, how big the changes, maybe I'll, I'll have to start change, make, changing where I make my uh, music purchases. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I mean, maybe I, finally make the change to Google Music, where I just don't have to buy I, as much music. Yeah, right. I ha- I pay for Apple Music just because I finally realized how fucking nice it is just being able to boop 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 boop. boop. But it's great for the phone. The computer is meant to have the actual yeah. ones and zeros on here, and not just streaming. So, uh, yeah, that'll be a bummer if things go southward with that. But uh, we'll find out in the coming future of iTunes. Yeah, just everything since Steve Jobs does. I'm kind of just like everything, all their ideas and stuff have kind of just been like, what are you what are you doing, guys? Are you saying they've been stealing less ideas? Maybe, but <laughs> I mean, like, man, fuck, give me my headphone jack, please. I want my headphone jack black. They don't want to do that. I know, I want it back, they though. Can, yeah, but, like, they can charge more money. Yeah, and then I can't just plug it into anywhere to play a song. For proprietary uh, products, like, is fucking a. <laughs> hey, at least they haven't taken away your Bluetooth yet. Oh my god, that would be something. Want that? Oh, that'd be one of the worst. Except I can't, I can't do anything with Bluetooth except for in my apartment. But like, fuck it, whatever. Uh, the Elton John biopic uh, Rocket Man opened in theaters this past weekend, though not all markets screened the same final cut of the movie. Uh, as The Guardian and Amnesty International report, scenes of the movie depicting any instances of same-sex relationships were removed, from, uh, removed in Russia under the country's homosexuality propaganda provisions, uh, which were passed into law by President Putin in uh, 2013. Scenes depicting drug use were also cut from the film. Uh, and also the movie's end title card, which according to reports stated that Elton John and his husband are now living together and raising children. It was just edited to a uh, singer-songwriter formed an AIDS foundation. That's all it says at the end now, too. Uh, Elton and the filmmakers behind Rocketman have issued the following joint statement condemning the censorship. We reject in the strongest possible terms the decision to pander to local laws and censor Rocketman for Russian market. A move we are unaware of until today. Paramount Pictures have been brave and bold partners in allowing us to create this film uh, as a true representation of Elton John's extraordinary life. Uh, That the local distributors have edited out certain scenes denying the audience the opportunity to see the film as it was intended is a sad reflection on a divided world we still live in and how it could still be cruelly unaccepting of uh, love between two people. We believe in building bridges and open dialogue. And uh, we'll continue to push for breaking down the barriers until all people have equality across the world. Yeah, like when I hear like about like having like people cutting uh, studios cutting stuff from so they can like air in certain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's different. Like sometimes like, we'll do the same in China, but sometimes they'll be like we'll actually have like completely different. Like they'll have uh, expand like for if this movie got like its budget over in mm-hmm. China. And like was filmed with Chinese actors, they'll just extend the Chinese actor roles. Yeah, a lot. yep, yep, yep. And that'll just that'll be the big thing. In those. Uh, yeah, and then with like the Russia, yeah, the companies don't have any idea that these are happening really because Russia just takes it and do do do. Uh, do they? I thought like uh, I, I, th- a, I thought no, I'm pretty sure that they do the cut themselves. The Paramount do- didn't do the cuts for it. It was actually the local distributors that did it. Really? It was like uh, when. The Sugarman album came out, I think, in Johannesburg or whatever. The government took these things and scratched out all the like different 
parts where they talked about drugs or anything in the record back then. Uh, but uh, yeah, my friend Jared, who I met in Thailand, he's he was living in Russia at the time, and he said never go to a Russian movie theater. They don't even like dub like any. What they do is they have the entire audio playing, like English audio. They have it playing. No, the words are all still there, and they just have some Russian person talking over the top of all the audio in there. So that's all done within Russia. Like they don't even do it before it goes over there. Uh, so, who knows Russia? Yeah, but China, yeah, they do the same things over there as well. Um, Zach Galifianakis's long-running Funny or Die interview series Between Two Ferns is coming to Netflix as a feature film. Uh, it's called Between Two Ferns the Movie, and it's out on September 20th. The film is billed as featuring celebrities you've heard of. Uh, specific names have yet to be revealed. I'm excited for that one. Oh, that makes me... It, just watching it is so cringeworthy. It's so good. Uh, shortly after Aretha Franklin's death last year, it was widely reported that she left no will. Uh, earlier in May, three documents were discovered by Franklin's niece and were filed in court. Two handwritten wills from 2010 were found in a locked cabinet, and uh, most recently, another from 2014 was found in a notebook underneath a seat, uh, couch cushion. Uh, hearing about the document's valid- validity uh, is set for June 12th. So, so like, basically, all these... Uh, she, the, she The only inheritance she left behind are just uh, wills just hidden everywhere. <laughs> you find my wills! Uh, yeah, but they, they were cleaning up some seat cushion. Oh, there's a notebook here. Oh, look up there. It is. It's a 2009 one that was underneath <laughs> this cobblestone. Uh, oh, I, I laughed pretty hard at this one. Uh, Elliot Curtis, the broadcast manager for KPIX Television, uh, was recently tasked with the restoration of a vintage Bukla, yeah, I, I don't know, a Model 100 synthesizer, an instrument that had been sitting in a cool, dark room in Cal State University since the 1960s. Uh, during Curtis's repairs, which he attended to from his home, something strange happened. He began to trip out. Uh, Curtis opened up a red panel module on the synth, at which one point he saw a crust or crystalline residue on it. Curtis reportedly sprayed it with cleaning solvent uh, and attempted to dislodge the crystal with his finger. After 45 minutes, Curtis was uh, overcome with a strange tingling sensation, followed by a nine-hour trip. Uh, the substance uh, found on the instrument was later tested and identified as LSD. Uh, anonymous uh, LSD researcher and expert later confirmed that the drug can remain potent for decades if stored in a cool, dark place. It is possible for LSD to go through the skin. That is skin. crazy. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard at that one. Uh, so it must have kicked in earlier on. Right, right. It, he spent 45 minutes trying to clean it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was reading the the Bukla or whatever his name is. He was one of the ones that was touring with like Ken Kingsley and the Grateful Dead on that magic school bus, you know, the hippie school bus yeah. back in the day. Uh, so yeah, definitely into that counterculture of the 1960s and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> Elliot Curtis, that's a good story you got there now. <laughs> Especially if you've never actually done it before. That'd be funny. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, when I read this, I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, the Verve's best known song, Bittersweet Symphony, uh, famously samples the orchestral cover of the Rolling Stones' 1965, The Last Time. Uh, the portion sampled was written by arranger David Whitaker. It is not part of the Stones' original song, but while the Verve cleared rights to sample the orchestral version, they did not get publishing rights, uh, from the Stones'. In the late 90s, longtime Stones manager and music industry figure Alan Klein, 
whose uh, company KBKCO uh, Records owned the copyrights to the last time and subsequently sued frontman uh, Richard Ashcroft, resulting in Mick Jagger and Keith Richards receiving songwriting credit and 100% of their songwriting royalties from Bittersweet Symphony. Now, according to a press relief, Ashcroft's camp, uh, Jagger and Richards have agreed to unconditionally give their songwriting credits and publishing rights for Bittersweet Symphony to Ashcroft. Uh, the decision comes on the heels of Ashcraft's management making a direct plea to the Stones members, according to their release. So, like, basically, they uh, they already got paid for it all these years. Yeah, they've they every single time you hear that damn song on the radio or at the jukebox, or their, we played it in our show, they're getting the writing credit. Yeah, part of Mick it. Jagger and Keith Richards have gotten money cut. since that song came out. Ashcroft, no wonder the Verve's career just went completely down. Yeah. Wow. They're a big song and they don't even get Yeah, like they're a big one hit wonder and they don't make any money from that. Uh, but yeah, that's why I read this. I'm like, holy shit, I did not know that. I knew it was a sample, but fuck. It, it's an, it, so they got the rights to use the sample from a sample that's not even part of the Stones catalog. Some guy did an orchestral cover of it back then and that's what they used. Uh, but yeah, to even get 100% songwriting royalties on that back in the day, too, it's like, okay, you have the do, 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 do throughout the song but the rest of the song wasn't yeah i don't know just it just baffled my mind uh but the press release says uh it gives me great pleasure to announce mick jagger and keith keith richards agreed to give me their share of the song uh bittersweet symphony this remarkable and life-affirming turn of events has was made possible by a kind gesture from mick and keith who have also agreed that they are happy for the writing credits to exclude their names on all of their uh, royalty and all of their royalties derived from the song will now pass on to them. So I'm wondering, does that mean in that little sentence there, is he going to get all the, the money that they had back in the day? No, no. That money is already there. So he's just yeah. going to get future money. So yeah, now it'll pass on to him. Uh, I would like to thank the main players in this, my management, the Stones managers, Joyce Smith and Jody Klein, for the actual taking the call. And lastly, a huge unreserved heartfelt, heartfelt thanks and respect to Mick and Keith. Music is power. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Some and a little tidbit we didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Bittersweet. That's gonna be in my head the rest of the day. Let's go on the weekly theme. Welcome to the weekly theme. The theme this week is bands singing about other bands, songs written about other artists, something around that genre there. Yeah. I wrote bands about bands singing about other bands in our little clip no, from no, last this, week. No, this is getting longer. The title is just getting longer. <laughs> yeah, we keep adding it. Bands adding about other bands who are doing band stuff. <laughs> and I think in our other thing here, I'm just like songs about other artists or whatever. Uh, fairly simple. I, it, it's always a fun one. I think we've done this one before, so I tried to we do ones that I did have, not do. Like there's a couple like uh, there's like a couple of these I did and a search. I'm pretty up, like sure search I used Bittersweet Symphony. No, I, I used what you always get what you give. That one. I didn't use Bittersweet Symphony. No. The Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. My like I, my Bowling for Soup one. Like I had like I'm almost sure we played this on the podcast before. Yeah, I did like a search. Like I had a Bowling for Soup from 2015, and it was not even the song. It's a different song. Oh, cool. Yeah, then we're fine. Yeah, we're good. We're good. But we we had to play this one at, at some point, probably. Yes, yeah. but uh, no, I I enjoy this one. And yeah, yeah, I'll let you That's start fun. it out. So I'm gonna start off with like a. Cl- 
uh, one that is like both uh, clearly about other bands at the same time as being super vague about what those other bands are. <laughs> this is uh, American Pie from Don McLean. And like it's like the day that music died is referencing Buddy Holly. Uh, there's like the Joker when they're talking about the Joker. It's it's supposed to be Bob Dylan, although he never explicitly like he never specifies anything. Mm-hmm. The only one he said for sure was the Buddy Holly one, basically. Mm-hmm. And the Kings might be El- might be Elvis. And uh, although apparently Bob Dylan was not a fan of being called a a joker, because apparently because he's like, uh, well, I have all these serious songs, too. Did did Steve Miller die or no? He's still alive. Because I was like the Joker, but this is before the Joker even came out. So never mind. Yeah. No, you wanted this to start at the beginning, right? Uh, Yeah, just at the beginning. So here's American Pie from Don McLean. A long, long time ago. I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step (coughs) I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died Before it starts going yeah. Go there. <laughs> we, we've all we've all heard like where it goes from there and like there's like all these like little lyrics that are like rem- like that might be references to other bands and other songs that bands did and like it's just there's so many references but like nothing clear yep 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 and i for i have thought it was like the vietnam war or something too yeah yeah but yeah well like he uh he also like has said like this the song's also about like how like um the basically kind of like the the best days of america are like uh like it's like the future's not looking as bright as it used to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh my first one is by mr david bowie and uh the song is called song for bob dylan That's a good one. Like I've heard it before. I never realized that. Like I, because I never seen like the title of the song mm-hmm. when I was playing. So I didn't realize and that it was actually about Robert Bob. Zimmerman in there, which is his actual name. Yeah, I didn't know that it was a song about for Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. No. So my next song 
is a lot of fun. I really enjoy this. I song. love the Wombats. I do. Like so, this one is from the Wombats, and it's called "Let's Dance to Joy Division." I wonder who this song is a tribute to. <laughs> To the darker side of town That's where we'll be And we will wait for you And lead you through the dance floor Up to the DJ booth You know what to ask for You know what to ask for Go ask for Joy Division And celebrate the irony Everything is going wrong But we're so happy Go ask for Joy Division And raise your glass to the ceiling Cos this could all go so wrong Let the love tear us apart. I found the cure for a broken heart. Let it tear us apart. Let the love tear us apart. I found the cure for a broken heart. Let it tear us apart. Let the love tear us apart. I found the cure for a broken heart. Let it tear us apart. Oh, so good. The Wombats are so much fun. I really want to see them live. Uh, my next one is by The Replacements, and the song's called Alex Chilton. And uh, he was one of the members of Big Star. Uh, and yeah, it's a great song. I like it. So my next one is from Bowling for Soup, and the title of the song is 1985, and it is about, well, all those bands from 1985. And anything from 1985, yeah, yeah. It's a fun song. Yeah. I haven't heard it in a while. She's seen all the classics. She knows every line. Breakfast Club Pretty in Pink. Even St. Elmo's Fire. She rocked out to Wham. Not a big Limp biscuit fan. Thought she'd get a hand.
when did it, yeah uh, that that music video must have been a lot of fun to make it must actually. have been yeah <laughs> Uh, my next one, I cheated and I was looking for some songs, uh, that, uh, that, that sing about this and I, I ran into this one and I like it a lot. I'll have to check these guys out. They're called the house of love and the song is called the Beatles and the stones. Uh, yeah. From the sky is the perfect crime, shoulder on shoulder and the Beatles and the stones. check those out i like that i guess they're from the 90s yeah. all right so my next one is uh the mountain goat skin you guys i hope aren't tired of this one. this is actually uh uh like i was like going through like lists it's like it's like i saw like andrew l just moving back to leeds it's like well i listened to the album i had no idea this is actually about something or somebody because well <laughs> andrew eldritch is not and that's gonna pop out to me because i was not uh I'm not really into goth rock bands, especially from that era. So, and who is he from? He's from the Sisters of Mercy. Hmm. I know I, the band, but yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, like, and the, this is off the Mountain Goats album uh, Goths. Yep. So, yep. like, of course, they're going to have a song about like a goth rock band guy. Hmm. So, this is Andrew Eldritch is moving back to Leeds, which is like apparently uh, bef- like about him, like before he got back to Leeds and formed the band. Oh, okay. me laugh so hard that that's all about goths that album so like uh, <laughs> another thing like i like when i saw like andrew eldritch i'm figuring like oh like some he's eldritch it's a sort of lovecraft last name who knows but like uh yeah i was thinking D eldritch blast and stuff no yeah it's uh <laughs> no it's like so that's his name well i'm sure he changed his name to a stage name yeah yeah but uh like also like a thing that uh i didn't know until like more recently about that al- entire album of goths is the fact that there's no guitar in it at all really 
Yeah, uh, what was the, the guy's name? Uh, the singer-songwriter for it, uh, John Darnell. He wanted to do an album without any guitar. So that entire huh. album, no guitar. Interesting. Yeah. I guess, yeah, now that you say that, I don't, was there, some, there was no there guitar was no in guitar. that song? It sounded like there was a nice little acoustic something going on. There, there, there there's, might be other instruments that aren't <clears throat> guitars or weird. similar things, but there might, but that's it. Interesting. Uh, my next one I had to put on the list, uh, Daft Punk is playing at my house uh, by LCD Sound System. Show you the ropes. Got a bus and a trailer at my house. My house. I'll show you the ropes, kids. Show you the ropes. Would all your furniture be in the garage? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd more in the, be in the yard, hopefully. Right? Yeah, yeah. What you got for your final one? Okay, my final one is uh, "Nina Cried Power" featuring Mavis Staples from Hoosier. And uh, well, let's just play it because I have a list of all the people who cried power no. after the song. Okay. It's not the wolf, but what's behind it? Staples is so cool. So here are the people who are crying power. I heard Nina, James Brown, and maybe Lenny. I don't know. Nina Simone, Billie Holiday, Mavis Staples, Curtis Mayfield, Patti LaBelle, John Lennon, James Brown, B.B. King, Joni Mitchell, Pete so Seeger, Marvin Gaye, Billie Holiday, Bob Dylan, and Woody Guthrie. Guthrie. Woody Guthrie. 
Hmm. So it was uh, Nina and probably Lennon. It sounded like you said yeah, Lenny. Like Nina, I think, was said multiple times. Well, yeah, too. that's because yeah. it's the name of the song. But the la- the one that was in here was Nina, Lennon, and James Brown I, that I heard. I think I think it was Patty. as actually. That was the next Patty. time he yeah, said it, it was- actually, Patty LaBelle. Yeah. yeah so. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I am going to see Hosier at uh, Bonnaroo this year. Fun. So we'll see how he is live. Uh, I asked my dad uh, for a request on this last one I have. And the first thing he said was the Righteous Brothers, Rock and Roll Heaven. And uh, it's actually quite an amazing song. Uh, Basically, they just list off all the people that passed away when they wrote this song. So uh, here is that. If there's a rock and roll heaven, well, you know they got a hell of a band. Band, band. Jimmy gave us rainbows. Janice took a piece of our heart. Like I saw, like I mentioned, uh, Big Bad Leroy Brown, and like mm-hmm. the music musician for that one, like he got like one album out before Jim he died. Jim Croce, yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, two albums actually. I was think it, it two was. albums? Yeah, one, yeah, two, one. I don't remember. Either way, it's he's amazing. Wasn't he? Did not get very far. <laughs> he did not he get very like, far. I think it was no. like a, a plane crash. Oh my god, yeah, they they were so good. Uh, but yeah, that that's our theme for the show. Uh, let's let's uh, close this one out. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Soundwave. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Uh, our next show will be skipped, and we'll see you again in one, two, like three or four weeks, something like that. Uh, the theme for our next show is? Uh, you know, like, let's not do drinking songs, but let's do, you know, it's such nice, so nice outside now. You're kind of, you're doing all this yard work kind of makes you thirsty for a beer. So how about, like, the top A beer to relax to. A beer to relax to. Sounds good to me. Uh, for updates and more information while I take a sip of my beer. <coughs> well, that didn't work. <laughs> wait, wait, was that one from yesterday? <coughs> no, I just swallowed wrong because I wanted to make a slurping <laughs> sound on the air. <coughs> for updates and more information about Soundwave or other shows, go like us on Facebook at Blind underscore Ninjas. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Blind underscore Ninja. Flagship show Department of Offense is still live every Sunday evening. Come join the fun at blindnewsstudios.com slash live. 
Uh, this show and all of our other ones are available to stream on our website at Blended Studios, or you can subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. I can't say that very much longer, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and please leave leave us a review. Uh, the better the review, the higher we get up on their algorithms and stuff, and easier for you to find us. Uh, also, if you just can't get enough of Soundwave at Blinded Studios, you should help support us. At the bottom of our homepage, click on Patreon and sign up. It works like a monthly donation service where you can pledge any amount that works for you, even as low as a buck. Also, if you're doing shopping on Amazon, don't forget to stop by our homepage first and click on the Amazon link at the bottom of the page. Do all your shopping like you normally do on Amazon, and when you check out, Amazon kicks a little money towards us. It doesn't cost you anything else. That's really cool. You should do it. Questions, comments, any kind of feedback, uh, email us at feedback at blindindustudios.com or even easier message us on Facebook. We'll see you again in maybe three, four weeks. Yep. Bye.